بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى sent us his نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم as a means of guidance for us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reiterated and emphasized that by saying لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ He did not say فِي أَقْوَالِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ in his teachings, in his speech وفي عمال He said فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ in him the Rasul is guidance what aspect of the Rasul? Everything. His life, his personal life, private life, public life, his different roles in life as a commander, as head of state, as a father, as a husband, as a member of the family, leader of the tribe, whatever. So therefore, the seerah, seerah of the Nabi is a, it's like a, a gold mine of nuggets of knowledge of how to lead our lives. So every part of the life of Rasulullah is a means of guidance for those who are interested in guidance. <coughs> One of the most famous of the stories of the seerah, which is full of guidance for us, is the story of Ghazwatul Ahad, especially the story of the archers, who Rasulullah appointed and placed on the hill next to the mountain of Ahad. So those of you who have been to Medina, you must go to the to visit the graves of the shohada of Ahad and you will see there next to the mountain there is a small passage like a small valley and then there is a hill Rasulullah placed 50 archers on that hill under the command of Abdullah bin Jubair and he gave them very specific instructions a very specific order he said to them, stay on this hill and guard this passage and do not allow anyone to come through this passage. And he said, do not leave this place no matter what happens in the battle. If you see the bat that we have won the battle and we are collecting ghanima, booty, he said, don't leave the place. Stay there until you get an order from me to leave the place. And he says, if you see that we have lost the battle, we are all dead and the birds are eating from our bodies, still don't leave the place until you get an order from me to leave the place. Very, very clear instructions. Now, as we know in the battle of Uhud, the beginning of the battle, the Quraysh were defeated and they ran. The Quraysh ran and the Muslims were chasing the Quraysh. When they were chasing the Quraysh, they reached the camp of the Quraysh. The camp of the Quraysh was 
obviously full of all kinds of things which they had brought. So they started collecting ghanima. The people on the hill, they saw this. And some of them said, this battle is over, khalas. We have won. Let us go. Otherwise, we will miss this ghanima. We will, we will get nothing. They will, everyone else will take it. Abdullah bin Jubair anhu, he said to them, the order of Rasulullah is clear. He said, don't leave this place until he sends a different command. He has not sent the command, so we stay here. They said, no. And there was a dispute between them. And 40 out of 50 left. And they came down the hill. And they ran to the camp of the Quraysh to collect their, to collect Ghanima. Booty. Now behind the hill, behind Ahud, was the cavalry of the Quraysh. The cavalry battalion of the Quraysh was behind the hill. Commanded by Khalid ibn al-Walid and Ikrima bin Abijahal radiallahu anhu. They were waiting for this. When they came there, they saw the archers on the hill and Khalid bin Walid must have said, okay, this is a, this is a, you know, misfortune for us because we can't pass through the valley. Because these archers were commanding the height. If the cavalry had come through the valley, they would have been massacred. The archers would have finished them. But to their surprise, they suddenly see the archers coming down from the hill and going away. This was like, you know, they said, this is Niyama in Allah Ta'ala for us. So they charged through the valley. Now, when they came out of the valley, what do they see? They see the infantry, the soldiers of the Muslims, not in any formation. They are busy collecting booty, collecting ghanima. And the cavalry hit them. In a medieval battle, the worst nightmare is for infantry to be caught when they are not in formation by the enemy's cavalry. There is complete slaughter. This is like suicide. There is no way they can win that. On top of that, when the Quraysh who were running away, when they heard and they saw their own cavalry coming from behind, they turned around and again attacked. So the Muslims were caught between the cavalry at the back and the infantry in the front. There was complete chaos. 70 Sahaba died in this Maraka. Eventually, they were only, and then the, they, there was a rout. The Muslims ran away. Only 12 Sahaba were around Rasulullah Only 12 people. And the enemy broke through. And one of them, he threw a rock and the rock hit Rasulullah on his blessed face. He split his lips, he broke his teeth, he slashed his face. Uh, the impact of the rock drove the uh, links of the chainmail into his, into his cheek and the, the bone here. And the helmet got smashed onto his skull. And he concussed and he lost consciousness, not completely, but partially. Talha bin Ubaidillah was there. He was a big man. He picked up Rasulullah and he ran up the hill with him. And uh, there was a depression. There was a, a crevice. They took shelter in that. 
the others have also joined them there and so that was the battle i mean this the, the the muslims lost abu sufyan came to the bottom of the hill and he called out and he said uh, is muhammad alive sallallahu alaihi wasallam is abu bakar alive is amar alive and there was no sound so he turned around he told the quraish they have all died then sayyidina umar radhiyallahu was there he couldn't take it anymore he shouted he said we are all alive all the three people you mentioned are alive Rasulullah was severely injured. He was bleeding profusely from the face because all facial and head wounds, they bleed more because there is more vascular uh, presence, more veins in the face and the head. So there's a lot of blood. Ali bin Abitari was there. He had some water in, a, in his shield. He poured the water. Sayyidah Fatima Radhalana washed his face, but there was more and more blood because of the water. More blood was flowing. So Fatima Radhiallana, then she burnt some sack and she put that burnt sack on his face, so the blood stopped. They pulled out the teeth which were broken, they pulled those out, the chain mail in his face, they pulled that out. Some of the scholars, the Sira, they say that this impact of this uh, rock and the helmet, maybe it created or it made a hairline fracture in the skull head of Rasulullah because of which towards his end when you look at this you read the seerah close to the time when he was passing away he used to get these very very severe migraine headaches and he used to tie a cloth on his head and tie it very hard there is a there is a hadith in which he said if if the if the one who does not have a headache he is not from us it was so bad the headache and they say that the doctors say that these headaches were perhaps because of cerebral meningitis which happened because the virus could get in through the hairline fracture which happened in the battle of Ahad. now it shows how severe this injury was and how uh, you know how how navishalam suffered so inshallah more tomorrow but for today just think about this here is a situation where the Nabi alayhi salam is with the people. What is a bigger strength than to have the Nabi with us? Yeah? What is the bigger strength? Allah doesn't come on the earth. So they, to have the Nabi with them. Despite that, they lost. Despite that, 70 Sahaba were killed. Were shaheed. And despite that, Rasulullah himself was severely injured. So I will leave you here with a question to say, why? Let us think about that. What is the reason? There is a reason. There is a very good reason. Inshallah, tomorrow we will talk about the reason.